This is Lieutenant Sulu of the Starship Enterprise, standing by on the bridge with the Christmas song. Chestnuts roasting on an open fire. If we do a stinker episode, you can email us at joe.rogan.com. Yeah. I think it's JRE Experience. Oh, yeah, God. It probably is. Or JR. J- yeah. Yeah. I'm looking this up. <sighs> I love his website at the very bottom. Powered by Squarespace. Can't even do this properly. <laughs> he Why? He doesn't care. Like, <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, he puts in, like, like, I don't know if I can blame him because he puts in so little effort. No, you know what? The power to him. If he's making fists over fist of, like, just insane amounts of money and people are following him, people are doing it, no one's judging him um, for, you know, the presentation and stuff. Why? Why go out of the your way, right? No, no. I yeah. I don't get on him for that. I get on him for being transphobe. Well, yeah. I get on him for a bunch of right. other stuff. Like yeah, yeah. I'm I'm just sick of this whole conspiracy theory angle on fucking everything by everyone. Yeah. Like it's not just him, but he he's a source. He's like as bad as Donald Trump for me. Well, he, he lets. Alex Jones come on the show and just lose his fucking mind and it's like oh yeah, yeah that's a good fucking point it's like oh. see and this it, is where it, I it is entertaining though when he gets him wound up because <laughs> he's yeah. like I'm gonna get fucking hits off of this <laughs> yeah but this is where I respect George Nori and Art Bell so much because they had these nut butt jobs on their shows but they knew how to control them right they had fun with them yeah. but they didn't let them go to that level where you know it's people are f- believing this shit now and we're recording already so we're two minutes in <coughs> oh, all right what episode are we on we're on oh, seven right. we're on where it gets decent yes actually much ado about boimler star trek lower Dis- decks season one episode seven original air date september 17th 2020 written by m willis directed by barry j kelly I'm just gonna go ahead and say it, boys. This was not a terrible episode. I I could do a lukewarm defense of this. Yes, same here. Here's the thing: they take a concept that I absolutely loved, um, and they built a whole uh, episode on Enterprise about this. Uh, and it yeah. was early on in this in the series where because and the thing about like I liked about Enterprise was that it was the first one, the first voyage. So. Everything was new. I loved the look of the ship because it felt like a submarine, right? Like it wasn't this. Yeah, like, like they were supposed to. Yeah, it wasn't this like huge whatever the way that J.J. Abrams made it look. The oh, yeah, J.J. Abrams is like it's an Apple store. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I love. We're gonna get to that episode soon, um, where they make fun of that. Uh, the other thing is that all this technology is new, so naturally they're not. They're, un, they're not trusting all the technology. So there was an episode in Enterprise where they wanted to test out the transporters. And everyone was literally oh, yeah, batshit crazy. Yeah. 
So then there was an ensign who gets on a transporter. Everything seems fine. Uh, and then she starts feeling the effects of the transporter. So, yeah. you know, she starts going invisible. And to the point where no one can see her. No one can hear her. Yada, yada, yada. Very similar mm. and parallel to this episode. Um, but at the end of the day, it was all a dream. But I just love the concept. So they took something that I really liked, expanded on it, made a few jokes, and they had fun with it. Also, oh. anytime you can spoof the island of Dr. Moreau, I'm happy. I didn't know you were an island Dr. Moreau fan. Yeah, big time. Still learning new things after all these years. I know. I also think the other part of it that I really liked was it felt like Star Trek. Thank you. Oh my god. Like I was like, oh, oh yeah. This, this, it's not, it's not people who are like willfully malicious. It's just sometimes even in Star Trek, people are just dinguses, and that's much more palatable than a yep. level of just like malice that this show's been otherwise assuming. Yep, exactly. It, you know, because the thing about Star, the thing about Star Trek. And this show is that in this show, people have malicious intent. You know, they're on purposely disobeying the captain. They're on purposely doing something dumb. Whereas the, you know, not everything is perfect in Star Trek, clearly, but it's not because of something that they've done maliciously. It's something that, you know, it's an effect, cause and effect. Yeah. That's why like, I love Star Trek. Worst case scenario, people are disobeying orders for like highfalutin morals. And it's like, that's the episode's gonna be about is like, when do we disobey orders? It's not gonna be, of course you disobey orders. Orders are for nerds. Yeah, exactly. And we get an episode like that coming up soon. So from this point on in the series, I find that it does feel more like Star Trek. So this is the first episode where I'm like, you know what? Yeah, yeah, I accept this show. Yep, I'm with you. Well, and also love the fact, and again, I, I have a feeling that this was its love letter to Enterprise because Tendi genetically engineered that canine, and it just made me, it reminded me of Archer's dog, right? So that was just a little thing from yeah. me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, dog was funny. The canine's <laughs> all right. Dog made me laugh. All right. That, it fills who that joke is for. Good to know. Yeah. Dog. It, dog good. The dog, dog didn't offend me. Dog misbehaving when Tendi wasn't paying attention to it was funny. Yeah. Like, beeping, <laughs> like morphing and the stuff. The contortion, oh, like, yeah. uh, exorcist shit. Yeah. I thought, it was more, I thought they were going for the thing. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that's what they were going for. So, is the alternate title of this episode The Isle of Dr. Moreau's Thing? Uh, no, I went with, um, wait, what? This is actually okay? <laughs> I went with, help, I'm having a stroke. <laughs> Do you smell toast? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, wow. Yeah, this, this episode was okay for me to pay attention to. I I didn't think it was great. I, I, I... I don't think I read into it as much as you guys did. I found that the ship that was taking them to the farm was, was weird and oh, but, non-Star Star Trek-esque, but it was kind of okay with that, but it was, too, because at the they, same were, time, they were it admitting super it. super Star like, Trek. Yeah. Like, that's the most yeah, Star Trek sti- thing ever. 
Oh, yeah, because it looped around. Oh. Yeah. This yeah. is just, I just didn't care. Phil, I don't need I don't your know, negative this... energy right now. Let me and Tyler yeah, like God, this. Phil. We've got on wow. board. Get on board. <laughs> We're finally on board. You don't have to defend the show anymore. Well, now I can really talk about what I feel of. <laughs> well, if you, you know what? If you're going to do that, how about you direct us through the, the plot? How about no. that's the balance? No, because I don't have show notes. God damn it. I was. This is literally on in the background, and I go, oh, yeah, dog. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. The crazy guy. Yeah, they're going on a ship. Oh, that ship doesn't look very Star Trek. These are my notes. <laughs> All right. Well, it's episode eight, Veritas, directed by Kim Arndt, written by Garrick Bernard. Air date, September 24th, 2020. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on. Back one episode. We're on seven. I'm on the wrong episode. Yep. Mm. Yeah. I got distracted. I was like, oh, it's good now. Google. Now, we're on Much Ado About Boimler, episode 7, directed by Barry J. Kelly, written by M. Willis. First air date, September 17th, 2020. Mm. This It wasn't the really fact that the FYI. episode... It wasn't that the episode number was wrong or anything. Boris, Hawkeye caught the date. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, no, 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 no. It wasn't the name. Yeah. Anyways, back to what Boris was talking about. Boimler volunteers to test Rutherford's new... Uh, transporter tweaks. Um, it's supposed to be an upgrade that allows them to do new crazy stuff. I think it's faster. Faster, yeah. Yeah, which results in Boimler stuck in phase, glowing blue and emitting an irritating sound to everyone. Uh, which, gosh darn, the joke of, it's just cosmetic. Oh, I don't know why that got me good. Same here. Same here. Yeah. That was like, that felt very tech bro y of like, it's just a cosmetic problem. Yeah. Well, I could tell you a story before vamping. Please I do. can tell you a story about yeah, about what I used to uh, have to demonstrate products to customers, and at that time we were demonstrating uh, uh, a trading floor phone, which these things are insanely expensive. They're about thirty thousand dollars each. Like for a and like for for stock market for a bank. For yeah, a bank. I won't say which one. So we're. Well, I mean, generally, like it's it's for trading yeah. on the stock market. Yeah, it's yeah. Stock market trading, yeah. So it's an inverse PBX. But anyhow, here I am giving this demo of a full color LED phone type thing, LCD, and it starts to smoke. Oh no! Right, like some guy unplugs the speaker module. I plug it back in, and it shorted and it blew. And oh no! Uh, smoke's coming up, and I go, "That's a feature." <laughs> oh god <laughs> just, just, I was like alright like I gotta I gotta grip with it like I just gotta do something right now because everybody in the room is like we're gonna spend $30,000 on something that blows up like yeah. you should have been like uh, yeah that's actually so pure like it's it's to go with your cigar smoke it's good yeah, scent it, bearing it, it cover you know it, it distinguishes that you're having a problem on the floor that's a feature <laughs> been there been there yep. done that yeah, also anybody reminds me of the show support. Yeah. Um, Halt and Catch Fire. Oh yeah, <laughs> the most under like like that show was one of my favorite ever. I really like first season of Halt and Catch Fire. Yeah. Did you ever that watch till the end? Just pure gold. No, I started picking it up on Netflix, and then it just. You know what? I was in such a groove with season one because I binged it, and it had that girl from. Uh, 
Blade Runner 2049. I was going to say from and Terminator. I, just, oh, I, I didn't see that. So yeah. I was just like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And I really liked her character. I really liked everything that was happening. I really liked the 80s feel, right? Yeah. All that stuff was just really compelling to me. And then I picked up like the second season because it was such a long wait before it came up on Netflix that I totally lost all my feel for it. Yeah. The same happened to me because I was watching that show five years ago when it was originally out. And between seasons, I just completely forgot about it. And I watched it all last year or this year. I don't remember. But it's all on Netflix now. Oh, good. It's just like on um, Amazon Prime. They have all the Mr. Robots now. Yeah. Oh, do they? Yeah, all the way to the end. Including the last season. Oh, that was so depressing last Christmas watching Mr. Robot. Oh Why would you gosh, do that? Did that ever get dark? Because it was premiering each week and I was recording it off a of TV and it was coinciding with Christmas. It was like everything was there and I was like, I feel so bad. I hate the world. <laughs> that explains a lot about you about last year now. <laughs> yeah. It was, it was a dark time. Sorry, Tyler. Don't worry about it. I've, I I started Mr. Robot and really enjoyed it, but I, I other stuff came up and it just, it wasn't, it didn't make the cut, but it was like, I'll come back to this someday. Yeah, because I remember well, that, it's on. we would talk about it in the original incarnation yeah. of the show. Yep. Yeah, that I, was, Deborah Chow worked on that show. Yeah, it was just, I got to season three and other stuff came up in my life and I was like, oh, this is, this isn't bad, but it's a lot. And I, it, like, it takes like a, a time and energy input that I don't know if I have right now. Yeah, there's an energy for sure with that show that you gotta, I gotta yeah. be in the right mindset to watch that show. It can be a little heavy, a little depressing, a little too yeah, much. Yeah, you gotta sometimes. put some work in. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you have to be careful with yourself and your own mind with that show. It will definitely mess with your head and your what? perception of the world. Yeah, even on a lower level, like the capacity to just like follow what, like it is a complicated plot. Like the, the brain effort the brain the brain space that's used just trying to follow that show is like oh, especially not in the early times when you don't know the relationship oh, of the characters and his own psychosis oh and god yeah by, by third or fourth season you're you pretty much know to smell the bullshit like when yeah. he's fooling himself and whatnot yeah. you can call it out but there it isn't until about i think it's in the third season at the beginning that you really get an idea of the depth of his own manipulation on himself like what's happening the prison episode that one mm -hmm. the one where i'm like oh, oh god, god that one's so rough yeah 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 you know what i love the fact that we like this episode and we've vamped so much yeah we we just did like five minutes <laughs> yeah of stuff not talking about star trek sorry <laughs> um anyhow dog funny yeah so yeah the the tendy creates a dog dog has crazy powers um basically uh starfleet goes whoa neither of those things can happen and <laughs> oh rona got me um uh but, but, yeah uh, yeah they, they get freaked out about the dog because a good fart lightning starfleet did not the people. The people were okay with lightning farts. Yeah. Like Boimler was like, oh, that's a nice feature. Feature. Yeah, and that, that was the dramatic tension of the episode where they're like, oh, does Tendi know her dog is a mutant? 
And the other yeah. thing I liked about this episode is the fact that they were able to merge the A plot and the B plot into kind of one larger plot. Yeah, the B plot. Oh my god, it fits. Yeah. yeah. Cohesiveness. Yes. Unlike the show. Unlike yeah, the this previous episode show. tried to. This show. Unless like, we're talking this about this show. Robot. Like, it's canon <laughs> podcast right now. <laughs> exactly. Us. Everything that we've talked about Lower Decks, we're doing. We're doing right now. That's called parody, people. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of on purpose, because now we're just trying to explode the episodes, right? And I think Tyler's completely lost on where he is. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I just wait for us to finish. Then I. Oh yeah, we're done. You can. Yeah, we're march done. Us Go on, ahead, please. Sorry. Host, host. Uh, they get on the, the ship. As we said before, the ship looks less Star Trekky. It kind of comes out of like the void. It's like a. It's set up very Spookaduke. Um. It's black. The lead patient who is <laughs> aging backwards and forwards hyper fast. So one half of him's really old, and one half's really young. <laughs> Oh, then why'd that one get me so good? You know, it got me, and then it hit me what that character reminds me of. Rick and Morty put it together. Hmm. A little bit, yeah. And I didn't realize that. I got, I got... Oh, no. The vibe of uh, Timmy off of uh, South Park. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. That's, I could not not see that. Like, come on. Come on. Come on. So every time he spoke, that's all I heard, because that's the association that I had in my mind. So maybe it was a little Rick and Morty for me after all. <laughs> uh, he believes doesn't exist, and uh, the patients all get ready to to deal with it. Yeah, um, mutiny. There's going to be a mutiny. Yeah, they're yeah that's, to to that's what deal with it means at this instance. Yeah, they're all promised yeah, to Yeah, I think the farm. the farm doesn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, and we have to call out the fact that the farm is used as if you're going to bring the dog to the farm, but really yeah. the dog's going to go in the grave. So it quite literally dawns on the people that are going to the farm that they're probably just going to be chucked out the airlock. <laughs> yep. Meanwhile, Captain Freeman and Commander Ransom are assigned to a covert mission as Mariner's old friend, Captain Amina Ramsey, temporarily takes command in their absence. Um... Namina and her crew are are characterized as like the usual Star Trek bamps. That was this episode, wasn't it? Yeah. Hmm. I thought that was the next episode. No, the next episode is the trial episode. Ah, oh, God. Trial. Yeah. Which again, I thought was a decent episode. <laughs> Nine, ten. Yeah, you're right. This is the episode. Man, a lot happened yeah. in this episode. A lot did happen in this episode. Um, Mariner displays uncharacteristic competence and resistance with Ramsey, leading to friction between the two. The USS Rubido fails to show up for an expected rendezvous. The Cerritos finds it adrift and being torn apart from the inside by a massive hatching space-borne entity. Mariner confidently takes control and successfully evacuates the crew, admitting to Ramsey that she was feigning incompetence she would be transferred or promoted um, because she wants to stay in the lower decks. Meanwhile, the patients aboard the Osler attempt a mutiny, but are betrayed by Boimler, who recovers from his phasing and attempts to make peace between them and the captain. Uh, the captain also fully goes, no mutiny, I'll kill you all. Mm -hmm. um, 
as the patient's about to blow out the blow the captain and boiler out the airlock, they arrive at the farm, which is indeed a real luxurious medic- medical spa planet whose inhabitants received the absolute best care in, in Starfleet. And Boimler goes, no, I need to stay. But he is sent back to the Cerritos. Yeah, after the two really attractive people are like, oh, we're going to spend a lot of time with this one because he looked so normal. Yeah. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to have a good time with you. And then he got taken away. That was the punchline. Yep. Can't stay. Can't stay. And the Can't dog stay, and, 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 and Tendi have their moment. The right. dog reveals and, that it was super weird and Tendi knew it had all these abilities and thought that was just what dogs did. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, when she, she programmed that way. Yeah. When she sees a real dog, she thinks it's disgusting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like she's uh, like, yeah, that's right. Because she's like, well, you mean I, I met a dog once and all it did was lick my hand. And they're like, that's what dogs do. And she's like, oh, gross. Yeah. Um, oh, I forgot. I've missed part. Uh, uh, Mariner is able to save people by using Rutherford's new phasing technology, which leads to everyone being out of phase. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they use that thing. Yeah. 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 Dead air. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. all we can I- say. A whole bunch of yeah. Well, it looks like that was that episode. We didn't hate it, everybody. Uh, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah. A lot of good stuff happening. Like I said, it actually felt like Star Trek for once. Um, Star Trek. <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't go that far, but it it felt less in your face about the roots of Star Trek. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a safe assessment. Um, but I like the fact that you know they fucked up because they were trying to improve on something, so cause and effect. Um, you had the whole thing with the farm. That's a trope in every sci-fi thing, kind of like that. Yeah. Um, everything with uh, um, what's her name, Mariner. Tendi. Mariner. Yeah. Mariner. Yeah. Uh, you know, and her friend. Uh, because that was okay. I, the one thing I actually liked with. Tendi, uh, not Tendi, Mariner and her friend, yeah. her captain friend, is the fact that they are finally establishing the fact that Mariner is still an ensign. Meanwhile, people in her class yeah. are captains. So there's a reason for yeah. her, you yeah. know, her lack of go-getness, her lack of whatever. So As well, I think it brings up a point that I brought up earlier in the show, and that was... We don't know how old she is, but it's definitely, you know, because we're, we're led to believe that due to the fact that they're ensigns, they're really young because we think of Wesley. Yes. Right? Wesley Crusher. And in fact, it seems like they're much more grown up and have histories because yeah. Mariner, they keep on referring to past experiences. So if her classmates are captains now and senior deck officers, then she's really wallowed in yeah. this role. Yep. Yeah, it's also yeah, it's also implied in some of the past stuff that she had a higher rank at a higher commission at one point and then mm-hmm. lost it. Yeah, and she really enjoys life in the lower decks and being yeah. out of the spotlight and not having that expectation on her. Yeah. Which is a major conflict point that they explore in this too because her friend is like you're holding back 
I know you're better than this. And she's just like, well, I'm just afraid that you're going to out me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you think right. that, you know, we always say that this isn't Star Trek, but do you think that this is going to add, like, a new element? Like, I know Picard is changing a lot about Star Trek, and I'm not saying this is going to change the world of Star Trek, but do you think we're going to have more human emotion in the sense that not everybody wants to live in this perfect utopian world. Not everybody is going to follow the rules. Not everybody is going to do as they're told. Not everybody wants to, you know, fall in line. Do you think any of that is going to be explored moving forward? Well, I think we started to get a little bit of that in, dis- in Discovery yep. in Seasons 1 especially. I think yep. it's... I mean, I think it's kind of an area that they're exploring. And, again, kind of the thing we keep harping on is is art is political. And Star Trek has always been incredibly political. Um, right? Like, it was fully automated luxury space communism at the beginning. Just, they, it was. They flat out make a capitalist joke in, in a later episode, so, like... Yeah. They're like, oh, this idiot still uses money. He still thinks yeah. money's worth things. Yeah. Um, well, and, I, yeah. I, I read it like the execs at Paramount went and said like this is obviously a, a an underused product that we're going to use to to achieve some things now and i think one of the things that they put on the whiteboard was can we go with this theme right and writing crews or developmental teams think about incorporating this theme as something that we could explore see what works see what doesn't and try and take a a, a hit at a movie reboots sequence again that maybe we we incorporate this whatever works and whatever doesn't will leave yeah. on the on the scrap yeah i also think that to give some credit to the artistic team i think that you know early star trek um and by early i mean uh, uh the first ones very much were enamored with some form of communism or socialism right like it's definitely a post-capitalist world they definitely have a very different world and worldview than we do. And, you know, in, in, in this year of our Lord 2020, it's, it's hard to have any excitement about the future at all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Star Trek is in part about excitement about the future. I think that's part of what we're seeing with discovery and Picard is this grappling with, you know, socialism doesn't socialism doesn't be doing well. Yeah, and neither is capitalism. Like none of these options are looking great. All of them look like they have flaws. Yeah, we are on and, my lists. Yeah, and that's well, now you're talking about Morty. Yeah, well, yeah. to borrow Big Lebowski, I'll go there. But yeah, it's more Rick and Morty in terms of animation. <laughs> I mean, Rick yeah. and Morty's about nihilism. Like it is. Yeah. Whether or not they do a good job is is a reasonable discussion. Whether or not it's about nihilism is is not. It just is. It is, exactly. Yeah, and that's the thing. And that's kind of like, I know a lot of people didn't like Picard, don't like Picard because of that reason. Sure. I know that we've harped on even this show because it's not Star Trek. But I respect new ideas. I respect kind of what they're trying to do. Uh, and I'm all for it. Like, I'm I'm game. I'm, I'm game for oh, change. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. That- you know, and and yeah, let's, but as long well, as it's I, done I properly think, and it respects I think, the scope of what Star Trek has given you in the past, you know, not so much yeah, that, in your face bullshit. 
Well, it's yeah, I mean, execution. That's, that's yeah. Like I would say that for um, Discovery and Picard, they are making changes. But I at least like I'm on board with these changes. I, I yeah, dig what you're doing. They're well done. Well, and they're, they're justified thoughtful. at least. Yeah, they're well, thoughtful. They're well know. written. They're 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 presented well. Whereas this show, again, I, I was making this comment off off mic, so sorry, but this show is it it's only ten episodes in the season. Yeah, and that that's an incredible, incredibly small amount of shows. If you make missteps like they did in the first half of the season, where they're trying to figure out the legs of the show. If you had a yeah. twenty-two episode season, you could screw up four or five episodes and just rearrange the the sort order and pepper them in so you keep the audience off of its feet and you try and push maybe some better episodes up in the channel that maybe you can just place in as one ofs and start establishing character and then yeah but yeah. with this 10 episodes you can't screw up it's a really good point phil yeah yep and i think that's the smartest thing we're going to get in this episode so phil how about you let people know how they can get a hold of us yeah, for sure. Um, you, like we have talked about in previous episodes, you can always hit up Santa Claus. He's declared an essential worker. So, you know, he's on the job. But if you don't really feel like talking him up because you're afraid of strangers or people <laughs> who eat cookies and milk out of your house, um, you can find us on the internet at www.itscanonpodcast.com. You can track us down on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at It's Canon Podcast. You can email us at show at itscanonpodcast.com. You can subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, really Amazon, iHeartRadio, anywhere you find podcasts, you're going to find the It's Canon Podcast. You can blame Boris for writing this week's script, so that's where all the hate should go about the Santa Claus hate. And if you like what you hear so far, make sure to subscribe, and please leave a rate and review. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to us. Yeah, we really do. Thank you, Phil. And like I said, we're just trying to give you a little something different. Um, I know we go off script, per se, a lot, but we always try to bring it back. We always try to explore what this show means to Star Trek, what this episode means to Star Trek. But sometimes it takes us a little longer to get there. Having said that, he's Phil. He's Tyler. I'm Boris. We'll see you tomorrow. Good night. Good night.